and happy Easter. It is so great to be with you to uh, celebrate our risen Lord and celebrate that our Lord has defeated death and risen from the dead, um, defeating sin and evil once and for all. Our second reading today is from the Gospel of John. It's John's Easter story, and this is from uh, the 20th chapter beginning with the first verse. Listen for God's word. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other clothes, but was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary, Mary stood outside the tomb, weeping. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary left and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he said to her. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. I know it was a bit chilly of a morning, but uh, despite that, spring has still sprung, right? We're, we're excited to see all the new life and the flowers uh, growing, the trees uh, kind of exploding in, in growth, and uh, see a lot of us itching our eyes. We have a lot of allergies going on. Uh, it's gardening time too, though, isn't it? You know, um, at our household, we were doing some mulching and getting the yard ready for all the fun that, that is to come in spring and summer. And that got me thinking of our first gardening experience that Marie and I had as newlyweds. We were living in married student housing at Union Seminary, and the seminary at that time had a, a decent-sized community garden. And each student could get a little garden plot as maybe four or five feet by four or five feet, so a tiny little 
little spot, but we were excited about it. We were newlyweds, we didn't have any pets, we didn't have any kids yet, so we were excited to tend to something, to create life and to, to take care of something as our own. Sounds all good, right? Well, it was a failed experience, <laughs> to say the least. We ended up successfully growing mint, which I later learned is basically a weed, so we deserve no, no pats on the back for any of that. Now, this would be all well and good, except that all the other students' garden plots look just fine. In fact, some of them look wonderful, just booming with life and growth, yet ours look just awful. It got to the point where every time I walked across the field to this, to this garden spot, I went there expecting to find the worst. I went there expecting to find scorched earth and just pathetic nothingness. I, I went there expecting to find death. That's the mindset we have in our text today, friends. In the Gospel of John, in John's Easter story, it's just Mary Magdalene. There's no going with the other women to, to put on burial spices on Jesus. It's just Mary Magdalene going to the tomb alone on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. She's going there to do nothing else but grieve. She's saddened. She's crushed. Her teacher, her Lord, her friend has died, and she wants to be near him to grieve to mourn. Except when she gets to the tomb, what happens? The stone's been pulled away, and it's empty. Well, this we celebrate as a church today as good, the good news of Easter. Can you imagine what's going through her mind at the moment? Her grief has turned into panic, to fear. She is crushed. She runs back to tell the disciples that someone's taken Jesus' body. So Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, um, run with Mary back to the tomb. They peek in, they see too that it's empty, and they go back to their friends. But not Mary, right? John tells us Mary stays put. She has gone from standing to on the ground weeping morning, crushed not only by the loss of her teacher and friend, but the, the added trauma of his body potentially being gone or stolen, a, a non-illogical thing to think at the time. That's when she has some visitors, right? First, it's these two angels that are right there in the tomb where Jesus' body was lying. You say, why are, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? They've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they've put him. When she turns around, she sees Jesus. But in her grief, in her loss, in her suffering, she can't even see him. She can't even recognize him. The very person for whom she's grieving and saddened. Anyone who's gone through a deep loss knows exactly what that's like. Where you can't even see, like, see straight. It, it, it so disorients you. That's where Mary's mind is. Jesus asks her the same question as the angels, why are you crying, but then adds another one. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? In her grief, she cannot see the risen Lord right there in front of her. 
She goes to the tomb expecting to find death, but instead she sees life itself, love itself, but she can't recognize it because of her grief. She goes expecting to see her dead teacher, her dead friend, instead of the risen Lord. Friends, we all know a bit of how Mary feels. I mean, who are we looking for? In the midst of all the bad news that happens in our world, we go out into the world expecting to find the worst, don't we? We expect to see death, evil, suffering prevail. We expect the worst out of each other, out of our communities, out of the institutions of our world. We go to the tomb weeping and expecting for evil and sin to triumph. Who are we looking for? The return to the story, Jesus asked Mary, who are you looking for? And again, at first she can't recognize Jesus, but then what does Jesus do? He extends a hand and calls her by name, Mary. It's then that she recognizes Jesus. Jesus meets her in her grief, in her utter trauma and hurt and pain, calls her by name, helps her up on her feet, and alleviates her fear, gives her hope, gives her new life. Then he gives her a job. Go and tell my brothers and my sisters what you've seen. And so what does she go and do? She tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. This is the very first Easter sermon said by Mary Magdalene. I have seen the Lord. It's, it's short, it's sweet, and frankly, it's the best Easter sermon you could ever hear, better than anything I could ever say. Us preachers have been trying to, to up that for 2,000 years, and we always fall short, including today. I have seen the Lord. The reason why I love this, this one-sentence Easter sermon so much is this word seen. In Greek, the word is harao. Y'all can say it with me if you want. But harao. And it can mean to see, like I see this candle, I see this table, but it, it has a deeper sense too. It's a relational word. So not only do I see something, but I have encountered it. I've witnessed it, and therefore I understand it. It's much deeper than just a base level or surface level. I saw something. I've encountered the Lord. My other favorite thing about this sentence is is how she uses that verb, seen. She's using what's known in Greek as the perfect tense. I'm sorry to geek out on grammar with you, but I think it matters. She's using what's called the perfect tense. She doesn't say, I saw the Lord. I have seen the Lord. In Greek, the perfect tense is something that happened in the past, but continues to have implications in the present and future. In other words, it's something that's happened to you that has forever changed you. This is what Mary says when she says, I have seen the Lord. I have encountered the Lord. I have witnessed the Lord, and therefore I am forever changed. The world is forever changed. Like I said, that's my favorite Easter sermon, but it's for a reason. 
In this sentence, Mary answers the question Jesus asks. Who are you looking for? I have seen the Lord. Friends, in the same way as as we are asking ourselves today, who are we looking for? We trust that God meets us in the risen Christ. In our deepest fears, in in our deepest worries and griefs, when we think that the evils and suffering of this world are prevailing, it is just then that the risen Christ comes into our midst and extends a hand to us, calls us by name, lifts us up, and then gives us that important job to do. Go and tell my brothers and sisters what you have seen. And it's with that we can tell others that we have seen the Lord. Who are we looking for, friends? We are looking for our risen Lord. We are looking for life and hope and joy, present, alive, and at work in our hurting world. This is the message of Easter we need to receive in our hearts and live out with our lives. I've been reading a book by uh, Atal Gawande, uh, uh, a physician, and it's titled Being Mortal. In this book, he talks about a physician named Bill Thomas. Now, Bill is an emergency medicine physician that took kind of an abrupt turn in his career and decided to be the director of a nursing home. When he first entered this nursing home, he noticed how utterly hopeless the place felt. The residents were moving slowly, their heads were drooped. It just looked lifeless in there. He was so hurt and and so discouraged by the sight. He didn't know what to do, so being a physician, he tried to use medicine. See, what, what kind of medicine are we using? Realized, no, we're providing adequate care. It's not that. What is it? Then he noticed the stark difference between his home life and his work life. See, Dr. Thomas is a farmer and a father first before being a physician. So he noticed at home with his five young children running around and bustling around, all of us with young kids bustling around here, which is wonderful, by the way, know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, There's so much life. But he was also looking out in his fields and seeing the growth from from produce in his fields, the animals and livestock, all that life. And it clicked with him. What this nursing home needs is an infusion of life. And so he did just that. He put a parakeet in the room of every resident. They had a number of dogs and cats that wandered the hallways. They tore out the lawn of the, of the nursing home and replaced it with a flower garden and a vegetable garden. He said it was as if he saw the lights come on in the residents' eyes. They had people who they didn't even think could speak anymore coming up and laughing and saying, hey, can I take the dog for a walk? They had residents they thought were bedridden volunteer to help in the garden. Bill saw life where no one else could. And he brought that life into a a space that felt lifeless and hopeless. Dr. Bill here is, is living out this Easter message, friends. I have seen the Lord. He has brought life and love into a place where everybody expected the worst. Everyone felt hopeless. And that's exactly what we are called to do, friends. 
to bring life, to bring love, to bring hope in a world that often tries to tell us otherwise. Friends, who are we looking for? We have seen our risen Lord. Now let's go out into the world that is broken and hurting and live as if this message were true, that as if we've received it, that we might share it with those in need and those we love and those no one loves, that all may know the good news of Easter, friends. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.